Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. If you're with me this morning, why don't you turn with me over, over into the New Testament. We're going to look together, and uh, I'm going to talk to you as we continue on this morning in our B ser- the, the B series. We're going to look together over in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, this morning, and uh, even though we've started this series, uh, we're, going to, we're going to hit some topics here that I think are they're, uh, pertinent to us as a body, pertinent to us as individuals, and we need to be able to allow the Lord to help us to live these out. And what I'm going to speak on this morning is be truthful. Be truthful. Now, uh, naturally, most of us think, okay, the pastor's going to talk about not lying. And that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about be truthful here. And, uh, and it, it comes back to this key. Be truthful even when the truth hurts. Be truthful even when the truth hurts. And uh, this is really a tough thing to be able to handle in our culture right now in the United States. Not only here, our world has been affected by many different things. And as a leading country in the world, uh, how, they, how we do things here in our nation affects other countries as well. Uh, but for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be able to make sure that we are truthful even when it hurts. Uh, and people have different views of things, but for us as followers of Jesus, we need to base our lives, we need to base our views and what we do on the Word of God, not on someone else's talk show. A lot of times that's what people base their ideas on is somebody else's talk show. I think for us, as followers of Jesus, we need to make sure we know what God's Word says so that it can empower us to be able to help us to live in the way He wants us to live. Uh, it used to be when I, when I repaired people's equipment of some sort that I always had to give them the news. Uh, you work on things for them, and you have to give them the news, the good news and the bad news, right? That's just the way it is. And so uh, there were times that people would uh, come to me and say, hey, what about my vehicle? And uh, I would say, well, uh, the, the good news is, you know, the transmission is great or your tires are great or whatever, but your engine is severely damaged and needs rebuilt. Uh, and so the, the bad news there is that part. And the bad news is, is it's going to hurt your pocketbook by anywhere from five to eight thousand uh, dollars, and so there they, they would look back at me and say, uh, uh, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, that's a reality." And, and, and so you don't really want to have to give them the bad news part. You'd like to give them the good news, right? That's just the way it is. And and so, but a lot of times they would come back, and people respond in different ways. People that have all kinds of different responses. Some people will say, yeah, that's going to hurt, but let's do it. Let's make it right. Then there's others that's going to say, well, can you just fix it so that we can just get by? And I would usually tell them, yes, I can do it. I can get that. I can fix it to get by. But here's the problem. If you do that, it may last you 10 days. It may last you 10 months. Uh, probably not 10 years, but it, and, and it may drop up, fall apart within a day or two. And so giving the good news and the, uh, is fun, but giving the bad news is challenging. And, and sometimes you just you have to be uh, honest. You have to be truthful even when the truth hurts, even when the truth hurts the pocketbook, right? Like in a situation like that. I had to be truthful even when it affected them. But sometimes 
People don't want to hear the truth and they end up suffering a total failure and then they really complain, right? When they would come back if you, if you tried to repair something and said, hey, this isn't a guarantee at all. Uh, and then they come back when the thing broke and they said, yeah, but you... Sorry, friend, I did tell you, I did explain that, I did have you sign off on that, all those kind of things. And, and, and you have to say, I warned you. The same thing can happen to each and every one of us in the spiritual sense. It can happen to us, and it does, and we want to go, a, maybe we want to go a certain direction, or we want to do something in a certain way, and somebody speaks the truth to us. They speak the truth to us, and, and, and we ignore them, and it's crash and burn, right? And it may not be crash and burn. We understand that sometimes things happen, and it may not be crash and burn, but it may simply be less than what God intended for us. I think that's important for us to realize. Sometimes people feel like that once they get past something and it wasn't crash and burn, they think, oh, it must have been good. It must have been God's will. Not necessarily. Not always His will in that sense. And the Apostle Paul he was writing to the church over in Ephesians chapter 4, and he wrote about the gifts that God had placed in the body of Christ. He talks about the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He talks about these, these, uh, these ministry uh, leadership roles. And, and if you jump in with me here this morning, here in Ephesians chapter 4, four you're going to see how he starts uh, speaking the truth even when it hurts. He talks about speaking the truth even when it hurts and the benefits that we gain from that. Look with me in verse 14 here. He says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every, every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. He goes on to say, from, from Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in... What's that word? Love. Builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So he's talking about the, this five-fold ministry. He's talking about these, gift, uh, these gifts that God has given the church body. And, and then he goes on and he, and he gives us a few things that's really important for us to understand. And one of the first things we can glean out of this passage is that in our faith we can grow. We can grow. And in other words, we will no longer be infants. We'll no longer be little children, but we're going to grow and we're not going to be tossed back and forth uh, by the waves. At some point, we can grow spiritually to the point where we gain stability. Where stability is something that in our lives. And that doesn't mean perfection, but it's talking more about that idea of maturity in our lives that we won't be pulled away by someone else's nonsense, and there is a lot of nonsense in our world. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into all the views and different things and, and, and all that, but there is a lot of nonsense in the world that we live in, and people barely know what it is to follow Christ anymore. And we must be solid examples, but we must also be willing to engage others. And that here's the main thing for us today as we sat down with the Word of God. How we speak the truth matters. 
how we speak the truth matters. And Paul says we must speak it with love, right? That's what he, that is what he tells us there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Uh, it refers to the word of God as being a sword. He calls it the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, when he's talking about the armor of God there in that passage. And so the, so the sword is a weapon to be able to cut things off of your life. And here's the thing. Uh, this is not an obscure or an unusual truth in the Bible. You can find it even over in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, uh, where it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and this, is, this is where truth-telling really matters. One, telling ourselves the truth by allowing the Word of God to penetrate our thinking and, our, and also our actions, but also how we talk to others as well. This is where pulling out the sword of God's Word in our life matters. So if you don't know God's Word for yourself, your spiritual growth is going to be stunted. That's why it's so important for every follower of Jesus to be able to open up the Word of God for themselves. Sure, maybe at times we need assistance. We all need assistance as we look at maybe some difficult passages. But we all need to allow God's Word to speak into our lives, not only from the preacher, but also from the page for us ourselves as individuals. So His sword is sharp, and it can help transform us. And the truth can have a great effect in our lives. And you can, you can either listen to it and apply it to your life expecting transformation, or you can only apply the things you like and have relatively little transformation. I think our culture has become that way. And I think for us as followers of Jesus, and you know, we could all look in the mirror, right? I, I, I could stand right here in front of you and say, I can look in the mirror and probably say the same thing about myself. I think each and every one of us have to be able to grow from the place that we are at right now. And uh, we need to be able to focus on telling the truth with the right attitude. And it's not just for preachers, it's for each and every follower of Jesus. And we need to be able to be willing to help each other. That's why it's so important for us to spend time together, not to give up get a meeting together and on the other hand, this is why it's so important to keep our interaction, our communication with one another, and so that we can be built up and be strong. We need to keep our faith strong, and we need to relate to others with the best attitude that we can. Oh, now and then we have to have a, an attitude check, don't we? Uh, maybe I'm the, am I the only one that way? <laughs> I, I think we all have to at times have uh, an attitude check in our mind and our heart to make sure that we're running down the right pathway with the Lord and in our relationships with others. Uh, we need to be able to keep our faith strong and we need to relate to others with that great attitude. Telling the truth with a loving attitude is important because the truth cuts. The truth cuts. I think a lot of times we don't really think about that. But when a doctor performs an operation, one of the things she does is uh, she will usually give you a, some kind of a sedative to make you go to sleep, all those kind of things, so that 
or, or maybe they will numb an area if they're going to do some, a procedure or something. They're trying to reduce the hurt in your life, although they are dealing with the truth of an issue at hand. There's a truth of an issue. If you have something on your hand and you need to have it removed, they're going to numb that thing to make it easier for you, and then they're going to remove it for you because they're doing something that cares for you. We're trying to help you. Uh, and sometimes we don't want to go to the doctor because we don't want to know the truth, right? <laughs> some of us men are the worst about that, right? Oh, don't worry about it. It'll get better at some point. And, but, the reality, but the reality of it is, is that, uh, that we need to be able to deal with the truth head on and allow the truth to speak into our lives. And how we relate the truth to others, though, must be done in a spirit of love. When we, when we tell the truth, we have to do it not to hurt others, but to help them. The truth is that, uh, that it can hurt others without the kindness that we need to share with them. It really does, and really we need to make sure that if we share the truth with somebody that we don't rub salt in the wound afterwards, right? Now, maybe an antiseptic, right? Or, or maybe put a little bit of alcohol on that, right? Have you ever done that? Maybe you had a cut on your hand or something, and you're like, uh, I know I need to clean this thing out, so I'm going to put alcohol on this, and you grit your teeth and you do it. But it's a different thing to do that on somebody else's hand, right? Yeah, I think so. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us this. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, so you know what God's word judges? Your, your, it judges your heart. It judges your thoughts. It judges your attitudes. It's not a question. We know that. And we can all say, well, you know what? Uh, don't judge me. That's okay. God will judge each and every one of us. We understand that. And there's something good about that, really, in some sense, because we know that God has our back and He cares. He knows us as we are, right? He knows every detail about us. And really, there's some joy in that to know, know that He does know about us and He does care. We have to be able to speak the truth in love. The question is, is what is love? Well, we have to have a good explanation of that. And really, I think we can go back to the staple of the day uh, where Paul the Apostle is teaching a bunch of rogue Christians who are doing things their own way. Uh, and they loved using the spiritual gifts that God had provided, and they loved to make themselves look good but what, from what it seems like. They, they loved to use the power of truth uh, to be able to make themselves look good. So you can find this explanation of what love is here in the context of helping others. And it's dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We have to remember now that's all. He's dealing with the gifts of the Spirit and how we relate to one another. And uh, really, we can apply that on other things as well. But look at what he says here in verse 4. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. There, there's a lot of things here. 
There, there's a lot of characteristics here. And now that we've read that, let me ask a question for you to think about, but I do not want you to respond to me. Because I have several here, and, and when you have something that is true about someone and you know you need to share it with them, do you share it with this kind of serious and loving attitude? Are you kind, patient, not boastful, not envious, or proud about it? Do you respect them? Do you tell them so that you can get what you want? Do you tell them the truth so you can rub it in their face? Uh, hopefully not, right? Or do you tell them because you want to protect them? Do you tell them because you know the truth is wonderful and can change their life? We could spend a week on all those questions, right? Because a lot of that deals with the attitude of the heart, right? A lot of that deals with our motives and those kind of things. And that's why as followers of Jesus, we have to be careful as we walk that tight rope of telling the truth and also being honest to ourselves and honest to others and doing it out of love and care for others. We need to be able to handle the truth in a different way than we ever have. We live in a pain-filled world that spouts out all kinds of truths and even lies. And they do it in a way that hurts others, even destroys them at times. And even some good people do this. But the body, we are the body of Christ and we, we give in to the same kind of attitude. Uh, if we do that, then we're missing the very truths that we are to be passing on. It's challenging, isn't it? I don't know about for you, but it's challenging for me. In the day and the times that we live in, uh, it's challenging. And we have to step back and say, okay, what really matters here? What is important for me to deal with? What is important for me to interact with? I think that we need to be willing to interact with others around us. Sometimes people do it. Uh, they they uh, share truth in a way that hurts others and destroys them. But Jesus spent some time in prayer with his father before he went to the cross. And he said it over, he said this over in John chapter 17, verse 17. He said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. He's talking about his disciples and, and subsequently it relates to us as well as followers of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, after he says, your word is truth, as you send me and as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He sent out the apostles, the disciples. He sent us out subsequently through their ministries. So you and I have been commissioned into the world to share the truth of God's word. And so that causes us to step back a little bit and say, okay, does it, does it matter how we share the gospel then? Does it matter how we share truth? Not just the gospel itself, but does it matter how we share truth? And yes, it does. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you've had a spouse or a family member that made you something for dinner or for lunch at one point, you know. And uh, they make you something to eat and you took a bite of that meal. And once you took a bite of the meal, you noticed something different. It was not a pleasing flavor. In fact, you noticed a hint of soap. 
And so you didn't like it, and so here it comes. You know the you know the question. Here it comes. The question is coming your way. How do you like it? With a big smile, the the person has on their face. How do you like it? And and, uh, and you're like, don't ask me that question. So what do you do? Do you simply blurt out, it is horrible? That's inappropriate, right? That's not the, that's not the way we, we would normally handle that. Now, I tell you, yeah, yeah, it depends on the relationship right there, too. But still, probably not the best way to handle it. Or you could let them down easy, right? You could let them down easy and say, it's not a taste that I prefer. <laughs> However you want to say it, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it does say love always hopes, so maybe you're hoping other people like it, right? Maybe that's the thing, you hope others like it at mealtime. And so maybe the cook didn't actually try it for themselves and didn't realize that when they were cooking and they had turned away that the bottle of soap had fell over and kind of dumped in, uh, dumped in the pot and somebody else come along and saw it and they moved it out of the way and the cook comes back around and didn't see anything. I don't know. I don't know, but that can, that kind of thing can happen. So, telling them the truth at that point in a kind way is going to do what? It's probably going to save everybody, right? So nobody else is eating soap as well, and so the, even the cook is not eating soap. But 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 the fact is, is sometimes we have to be able to tell the truth. But it's how we tell the truth. I don't know about you, but I'm working on this. I'm working on telling the truth in the right way. I, I think that's what we have to do as followers of Jesus because we live in a culture right now that, that is quite divided and twisted and, and angry at this person and angry at that person. Throw this person under the bus, throw that person under the bus. And I've, I've even had some good conversations this week with individuals because I was willing to listen to them and their story and their ideas. Did I agree with them? Not at all. Didn't agree with them at all for the most part, but there were little elements in there that I agreed with, but I was willing to interact with them. I was willing to engage, and I think that we have to be willing to do that and then be respectful of their idea, be respectful of their opinion, and then keep going on from there. The other side of this is, are you willing to listen to the truth if it can affect your life for the good? People don't always want to hear the truth, do they? That's the second thing. People, they don't always want to hear the truth. They don't want to always know the truth. They, they don't want to know because they don't want to have to make a change. And, and this may be one reason why uh, people, uh, people don't like to hear about the horror of things like abortion. They, they don't want to hear about things like that because they don't want to have to actually think through the realities and the truth of what lies around that subject. It's a serious one. It's a, it's a very serious one. And that's just one of those examples that we could talk about today. And the reality gets in the way of them doing what they want to do uh, no matter what. And so because it gets in their way, they try to skirt that subject. And if they take note of the truth, it will cause them to make the right choice. It's interesting that Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, 
He says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus was talking about following his teaching, the truth, and he had taught much, but uh, which and that truth, uh, following his teaching, it will set you free. And, and in some sense, we can apply that here to uh, that uh, that we know the truth, and if we can, it can free us from the bondage of our sin. When we follow Jesus, when we follow his plan, when we follow his teaching, we just need to be able to listen and follow through. And that's a big thing for us as followers of Jesus. It's one thing to say yes and amen, but it's another thing to say yes and amen and say, Lord, I ask you to help me to apply this to my life. Because I think that's where we all need to be, right? We need to be at that place and we say, Lord, yes, amen to that. And Lord, help me that I can walk in your direction and follow your plan here. See, some people try to make truth relative. Uh, we, we find that example among the Romans of Jesus' day, which really came from the Greeks before them. And when Jesus spoke to Pilate over in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 37, in the latter part of that verse, and then, then in 38 it says this, Jesus answered, answered Pilate, he says, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. And we, when we hear Pilate's response, it says, what is truth, retorted Pilate. He's like, what is truth? He's trying to throw that guessing game there. And Pilate was speaking for the Gentiles of his day. In fact, it's no different today. Only some push this idea to even more of the extreme that it is. And usually when people say, what is truth? They're saying, oh, you believe that. That's truth for me, but that's not truth. Or that's truth for you, but it's not truth for me. And this way, truth seems to lose its effect. They don't want to have. Uh, they don't have to. They don't want to apply it to their own lives. And the thing is, is truth is truth. God's word is truth. If it's if it's truth to if it's truth, then it's truth to everybody, irregardless. One time when I was in Africa, I had a language teacher who taught us uh, the local language, Hausa. And, uh, and he went out on a fishing trip with some other guys, and they went in West Africa uh, into this one particular area, and they, got a, they found a small boat, and they went out on the water and got their poles in the water, you know, trying to get something good. And, and uh, so uh, the, the language teacher said, hey, uh, he told the other guy, he didn't know him that well, and they, they speak a little bit different dialect of the language, not really a dialect, but just a little bit different. You know how it is. In the South, they speak different than, than they do in the Midwest, etc. Same type of deal. And so he's out there. He said, hey, would it be okay if I jumped in the water and took a swim? Would you guys mind? And he's like, well... Uh, he said, there's a lot of kaduna in, in, this, uh, in this water. And uh, my language teacher didn't know that word. And uh, he's like, uh, so that's also the name of a state. And so the guy is confused. He's like, there's a lot of Kaduna. There's a lot of states in the water. What, you know, what is it? And finally, the guy, you know, he kind of said it again. And, and he said, there's, there's a lot of Kaduna in the water. And he says, what is Kaduna? 
And he said, it's crocodiles. <laughs> That's where the state got its name, crocodiles, because he only knew the word kada or uh, kadai, which is uh, crocodiles, plural. And so he didn't realize. So he decided when the truth was looking him in the face that he would not jump in the water and take a swim because he did not want to be in there with crocodiles and become fish bait. Right? I, I, probably not a good idea, right? Uh, and, and so sometimes we, we don't want to hear the truth, or sometimes we do hear the truth, and it affects our eternity. It affects our lives. And, uh, and even though God's word is true, that doesn't mean that we can use it to slap people in the face, right? Uh, we don't want to do that. This comes back to our attitude as followers of Jesus. It doesn't mean that we should hold back from telling others the truth. What it does mean is that how we handle the truth may uh, and relay it to others matters tremendously. And it's something that we have to grow in today in our world. We have to probably make some adjustments in how we handle things in the world that we live in right now. We all need to learn in our day to be truthful even when the truth hurts. So really, it's not so much about lying as much as being willing to speak the truth to others. And yet the other side of this is how we relay that truth. Do we, do we share it with respect to the other person's opinion? Do we listen to them even if they are incorrect or they don't like our response? We, we, we need to. And Jesus did not call us to be combative in our truth-telling. We simply need to be willing to have good interaction with other people. That doesn't mean that we ignore the truth, but that we share it with care. That we share that truth with care and with love. We all need to work on this. It's just a reality. Our world, our, our, our society needs to work on this, but that we as the church body need to make sure, because we live in this world. We're not of this world, but we live in this world, and sometimes some of that rubs off on us, Right? And so for us as followers of Jesus, we have to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to share things in love. As he says there in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. If you're willing to apply these these attributes to your communication and truth-telling, how significant of a change will it make to your relationship? I think that's a challenge for each of us to allow truth-telling and how we do that to change our relationships. I know we all have to work on that. I have to work on that personally. I think we all must in our families, in our communities, in this world that we live in, in the body of Christ, we, we all have to be able to work on this so that we can allow God's best to come out through our lives. Amen? Amen. Don't you want God's best? Amen. We want God's best, and we want to give His best, don't we? And as we do that, if we do it in the right attitude, it can touch the lives of people. The last thing we need to do in our world, world today is to, quote, be those mean religious people down the street, right? That's the last thing we want to be. We want to be people who actually show genuine love to others around us. 
Paul said it this way to the Roman Christians over in Romans chapter 12, uh, and in verses 17 and 18, he says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I think that's a, such a powerful passage for us as followers of Jesus. It, it says a couple things there, doesn't it? It really says sometimes we can't live at peace with, everybody, with somebody because they choose not uh, to allow that to happen. But from our side of that interaction, our side of that conversation, we have to do everything we can on our part to live at peace with them, right? It's important. And I think we can, and it's a job. It's just something that we have to work at. But, but I, I love it. He says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, if it depends on us, live at peace with everyone. So if you're willing to dialogue with people in a civil manner, you lose your... Uh, uh, I should say, if you're unwilling to dialogue with them, you lose your ability to influence in a positive way, and you've been called to make a godly influence to the world that we live in. Each of us have. And if you want to see other believers build up, you too can be at peace with others and be truthful and kind at the same time. Amen? Amen. Be at peace with others. And be truthful and kind at the same time. I guess we don't always have to be the people that, that say, uh, you know, it used to be the church was known in general as like, uh, yeah, you can, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Now, now we've swung to the other side, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. And there's got to be a balance, right? There has to be a balance. We, we've swung the other direction. And so for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be able to recognize, sure, there's things that we don't do. There's, there's, there's things that we don't, there's ways that we don't walk. There's, there's ideas that we don't hold to. But there's also some things that we do, and we do love, and we do care, and we do want to interact, and we do want to be helpful, and we do want to impact our community. All of those things are important for us as followers of Jesus. Yeah, we don't want to be the, to, the, the, the don't do church. We want to be a balanced church that interacts with our world and is willing to tell them the truth. Because there are, there are communities of faith that are accommodationists and said, you know what, whatever you think out there in the world is okay by me. But the Word of God doesn't teach that way either. So we need to be the kind of people who are willing to say, well, the Word of God says this about that. And so we want to follow His path. But we want to do it in a way that is loving and is caring and it shows kindness and respect to others so that God can work in their lives. Amen? Amen. Isn't that what we hope for? Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And as we wrap this up, be truthful even when the truth hurts. Let the attitude of love guide your truth telling. And when what you are going, what are you going to do with, it, with this message today? What are you going to do after we leave this place? Because that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, just hearing the words, hearing the preacher, listening to the scripture is one thing. But what are we actually going to do when we step out into the parking lot, get into our car, somebody else's car, and we go home? What are we going to do when we get up in the morning and we start relating to other people? Or maybe you're going to your job and you have to deal with people that are 
less than kind to you possibly. I'm thankful I work in a church. People are pretty kind. <laughs> what are you going to do then? Because honestly, that's where the rubber meets the road. How we engage our community and how we engage our world, that's what matters. How we engage one another, that's what matters. Yes, how we engage our Lord, that's, that matters. I want to challenge you this day. Build a habit of truth-telling mixed with the attribute of love. Mixed with the attribute of love. And may the Lord help us to be able to live this out today, tomorrow, the day after that, the next Monday, the next Saturday, the next Sunday, the next Friday, the next Wednesday, the next Thursday, the next month, the next year. As long as the Lord gives us breath on this earth, may the Lord help us to live this out in His way. Let's pray, and then we'll worship in this last song. Father. We just offer ourselves to you this morning. May we be the type of people that are truth tellers. Father God, that we're not afraid to tell the truth of the gospel of Christ to others. That we're not afraid to tell of Peter's teachings gave by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That we're not afraid to tell of Jesus' teaching the Messiah Himself. May we not be afraid to, to, to share what You have to say in Your Word to others. Father God, may we not be afraid to tell the truth to others when they've gone astray. But Father God, more than anything, as we do that, Father, may we be the type of people who say it with love. That our words would be seasoned with salt. That, Father, that we wouldn't do it because we can get something out of it. Because if we tell them the truth, then they'll, then they'll like us and then do this or that for us. But help us, Lord, to be willing to live out our faith because we care about others. We know you cared about us. Jesus, you laid your life down on the cross for us while we were still sinners. Thank you, Lord. We offer ourselves to you this morning in Jesus' name.